Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you, and on with the show. Does your child have a penchant for the pirouette? Perhaps you have a budding actor on your hands. In the past, the performing arts have been considered maybe a little bit frivolous, extracurricular activities. Kids could do them for fun, but the real work was found in maths, English and other academic pursuits. But is that really the case? Michael Anderson says the performing arts have an important place in the way we educate our children. Michael is a professor of education at the University of Sydney and co-author of Transforming Schools, Creativity, Critical Reflection, Communication, Collaboration. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good, thank you. So what are the educational benefits of the performing arts? So if you think about the arts as a sandpit, Right? It gives kids the opportunity to play with parts of their minds and their body that sometimes aren't played with in other parts of the school curriculum. So you, you've got the standard image of a school with people sitting down at desks, you know, kind of a bit, can be a bit boring. If you think about dance and drama and music, it's starting to uh, connect with different parts of what makes learning fun and great and important, uh, their bodies their minds, uh, and, and all of those things together. So in the performing arts, what we find is the really powerful parts of learning are unified. And as we do more research, what we're also finding is that that powerful unity is really important for not just learning in the arts, it's important for learning across the board. So it's really critical that uh, we, we really focus on uh, the arts not as kind of a, a side dish or a garnish, but actually it, it's the main meal of learning. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's what a lot of schools are doing more and more of every day. When you talk about the unifying part where it comes together and helps other I suppose, academic areas mm. within a school. Can you give me a, a few maybe practical examples? I mean, does it help children concentrate better or does it help them um, be creative problem solvers? Okay, so that's a great question. In 2013, we did a study with Professor Andrew Martin and, uh, and Dr Robin Gibson at the University of Sydney. And what we wanted to know was, were kids that were really active in the arts, did they have any other outside arts experiences which strengthened them. Because, of course, there's an argument that the arts has to provide these other other things. What You know, it's got to find its place in the curriculum. I actually think arts should be there because they're just wonderful to, and they make us fully human. But we wanted to know and we wanted to be able to demonstrate this across the curriculum. So we did this study, 640-odd kids, uh, more than 16 schools, Across the nation, we found adaptive motivation was was off the charts for these kids. So the kids who are active participants in the arts are more motivated, they're more 
uh, academically able to deal with what life throws at them. They've got better enjoyment of school. They've got better homework completion. They've got higher self-esteem, higher life satisfaction and higher meaning and purpose. Now, that sounds like a bit of a laundry list, but I think the important thing to analyse here is we've got a bunch of things that they're doing better in school, but a bunch of things that are making them more confident, uh, more engaged and more relational people. And all of those things aren't just about how they go at school, it's how they go after school. And we're laying the tracks in early childhood and primary education for a life. And if that life is full of these wonderful experiences that make them collaborators, that make them more creative, that make them critically reflective, and that that strengthen their communication skills, those are the core skills that we know are going to be required in the 21st century. And in 2031, when a kid that starts kindergarten today or tomorrow or next week comes out the other end. And and that's critical that we, we lay that foundation properly. Now, I know that um, a lot of your work is with secondary schools and mm. high schools, but you also know about early learning. As you mentioned there, it's, very, it's formative for kids. Absolutely. What they, you know up until five or six, there's so much going on in their brains. How do you see performing arts fitting into that part of a child's life where they might be in informal care or they might be in a childcare setting? Does it give really young children something different to the older kids? So early learning is, as you've said, critical. And I think we say that often. But there's something really problematic going on in early learning in some places and some countries. In fact, in the US at the moment, there's a movement called putting play back into early childhood. Now, when a kid's not playing, what we know about the neuropsychology is pathways aren't created. And when that's not happening, developmentally, kids are are kind of left behind. And so what the arts provides is ways to structure and understand that play. Of course, free play is absolutely essential as well. But inherently, young kids want, want to take on role. They want to act. They want to sing. They want to dance. And of course, the schooling system systematically kind of removes that from them, unfortunately. Uh, Sir Ken Robinson said that our bodies are not transport systems for our heads. And that's so true in early childhood as well. What we know from the research is that our bodies are critical to the way we learn. They're critical to the way we develop. Uh, And I think we've kind of focused on the brain and not focused on the body as the way that we can learn and do things in schools. And so what the arts gives is a structure uh, that that young kids can engage with to express those inherent uh, creativities. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Michael Anderson. He's a professor of education at the University of Sydney and also the co-author of Transforming Schools, Creativity, Critical Reflection, Communication, Collaboration. And we're talking about the benefits of performing arts, uh, in particular for young children. And we're just talking about its role in early learning and how... Um, Maybe we've got to stop thinking about the head and start thinking about the body a bit more in how our kids learn. One thing I think I'm quite cautious of as a parent, Michael, is um, I watch my children now. They love singing. They love dancing. I have a certain fear of putting them into any kind of class environment for fear that will scare them away. I don't know. What, what is your um, take on that in terms of that kind of freedom of expression that very young children have? 
I think you're right to be scared about that. And I think we've done ourselves a disservice in some parts of the arts by uh, overly formalising things too early. I think certainly if you think about great actors, if you think about great dancers, discipline is absolutely part of what they do. It's essential. You know, you don't see Kate Blanchett just kind of free-forming. Yeah. You, don't, you don't see, you know, Graham Murphy just making steps up. Like, these are very disciplined performers. But I think that that if we overdo the structure too early, I'm not saying no structure, but I'm, I, I'm what I'm thinking about is kind of the the every con- afternoon, yeah, every doing afternoon, something every yeah. day, yeah. It's it's like a like the kind of tutoring colleges for dance, you know. We we I think that's a a really problematic thing to do too early. Of course, if a if a child shows an interest in ballet or dance or music or drama, and they they want to develop that they need to get involved in disciplining that but at school in school those things are taught those subjects are taught not uh so these kids can become Kate Blanchett and Graham Murphy and or whoever they're taught so that students can understand themselves and the world and can develop the capacities that I'm talking about the creativity collaboration communication that that they can actually do that within the framework of a of the arts and the it's it's not known uh, universally, but it's mandatory that these things are taught in schools. And I think parents should be asking why they're not taught in schools if they're not. But these they're taught in schools to actually, I think, instill and structure um, certainly a discipline. But there does need to be some experimentation because, of course, from experimentation we learn and grow we make mistakes uh, and and we learn from those mistakes and it's all a part of of that learning process that goes on and is central to the arts when I think about um, the arts with children I I mean I think when I was a teenager which is older than what I'm thinking of with the really young kids but yeah. what it definitely gave us was a sense of community mm-hmm. is that part of what helps boy that idea of socialization and I guess confidence if children are involved in a performing arts and they've got peers that are doing things they might be on stage in front of others does that develop those sorts of things well the Australian theatre for young people have just done uh, quite a large piece of work on mental health and the theatre now we're probably talking more about older kids here as well but what that found was there was a really big impact for kids getting over things like anxiety and dealing with other well-being and mental health issues. And I think if you look at what happens in with really young people, uh, young kids, there, there's a negotiation that they need to start to master to get the, their way through life. You've got to learn to collaborate. You've got to learn to communicate. What happens when you know you don't engage with people? Uh, and I think what you get in drama particularly is kids working together towards a, an aim or a or a, a production and there's a there's a deadline on that mostly you know they've got to do the school play or they've got to do a performance or a musical or whatever it might be and what that forces is kind of quite and it's not really forced but it's a kind of a natural situation where there's a pressure of a deadline and they have to start to learn through trial and error what works and what doesn't and you know, you can see the patterns developing uh, of those kids working together, and then you can see those that 
as you, you know, I was a teacher for many years and you could see that developing through the years. And the kids who did drama, in my view, were the kids who were able to negotiate, who were able to move through the kind of challenges that we all face in adolescence. And so I think it does lay a really critical uh, foundation for kids later on. Have you had any um, understanding of how the performing arts can help children with special needs? I'm thinking, I know that my sister's daughter was diagnosed as what would have been Asperger's Mm. and it was suggested to her that drama might help her come out of her shell a bit more, learn communication skills, that sort of thing. I mean, have you had any research in that area? So I haven't done direct research in that area, but there is a large body of research that shows that uh, well-organised, well-developed and well-implemented programs for young people with special needs is absolutely, uh, can be transformational. And what it does, it, it does for special needs kids the same sort of things it does for mainstream kids, which is how how you negotiate and of, of course that and how you communicate and how you collaborate and how you create. So it it builds again those foundational skills that sometimes those those kids need to develop and and need to work harder on. Uh, so absolutely, there's a there's a big body of research around how that um, works and many programs out there doing that right now. I already know at my daughter's school, she was in kindy last year, and even last year there were kids who had music lessons in the afternoon, gymnastics, swimming, all this stuff, um, that some parents might see, oh, there's a future in that. This is going to help their academic performance. This is going to get them ahead. What would you say to those parents who might think, oh, but a drama class or a dancing class, it's not kind of, it's not going to help the way I want it to help? Okay, so in Transforming Schools, which I wrote with Dr. Miranda Jefferson, and, and we work in schools all the time on these kind of issues, and not just in the performing arts, across across the board, we talk about what's actually going on in the world of work and in the community. It's becoming, uh, you, you'll know f- from reading the papers that automation and artificial intelligence and all of those kind of technologies are changing fundamentally the way we do work and the way we do community, the way we interact with each other. So I suppose my challenge to those parents is, how do we prepare your kids for that world? How do we prepare for 2031 if they're going into kindergarten or or whatever? How do we make sure that those kids are equipped for this world? And it's not about giving them stuff. It's not about giving them more facts. Uh, it's about providing the capacities that are going to make them flexible, that are going to make them agile, that are going to make them creative. So the recent research has talked about 40% of jobs going. Now, that's contested. and Who knows? It's a projection. But we do know things are changing. We know things are changing quite radically, and they're changing before our eyes. How do we prepare for that future? We prepare by laying the groundwork with these kinds of uh, key key competencies and key skills. If you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a musician, a teacher, you're going to have to communicate, you're going to have to collaborate, and you will need to be creative because it's not some ethereal out there thing. Creativity is essential to what all of us will be doing, not only in in 30 years' time, but what we, we have to do now. So actually laying the foundation for that 
is absolutely delivered through the arts. And that's what I would say to those parents, that if you're not doing that, you might be depriving your kids of an opportunity to, to really prepare for what's going to happen in the 21st century. It's a good argument for getting into those dance classes. Michael, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. That's Michael Anderson, Professor of Education at the University of Sydney and co-author of Transforming Schools, Creativity, Critical Reflection, Communication, Collaboration. 